The human male never seems to progress past adolescence. To the Batmobile. Googly moogly. Let's go. Danger. Let's go. I need a horse. Did Bigfoot take her? You wouldn't like me when I'm wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah, I can fly. Superhero. Superhero. Sex organs. Hello, darling. Welcome to the Dude. comic trope. Oh no, that's Rocky. Um, da 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 da. No, are you? Da 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 I, I mean, thought you were gonna. I didn't realize that we were gonna be doing that already. Yeah, I okay. thought you know. Well, well, okay. Well, we'll just we can just start it now. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be doing. It. It's kind of long. Like I wrote like a thing. Oh my god! I asked you to write like an intro, not a book. It's an intro. All right. All right. Here's the sliding. Yeah, you do the humming, and I'll do the noise effects. That's that's a time. That's a that's rising action. That's not what this is. This is a. This is the the credits that are moving upward. What's that song? It is a time of small rooms throughout the galactic empire. <laughs> Those not in one and surrounded by improbable items are being hunted down and put to work in midichlorian mines as they have become the most rare thing in the universe, with many even denying they ever even existed. Wondering whether his knowledge about comic books is sufficient enough, the rabble-rouser Blake has unknowingly taken his first step into a much larger world. As he journeys, he runs aground of a small group of freedom fighters looking to prevent banal, redundant crossover events from happening at the Big Two. Smiling Dave, Encyclopedia Black and Space Amos agree that Blake, having knowledge of the existence of their rebellion, must never be allowed to leave, and so trap him in a small room and begin to indoctrinate him in their ways. Hmm. Comics I am. Read. I'd be surprised if you could hear any of what I just said. That oh no. Was... Yeah, we'll pull up. <laughs> you said, your Vader sounds like an iron lung. He is an iron lung. He's a walking iron lung. I guess he kind of is. Is he really, though? I mean, more or less. I mean, it's... He got... I guess he got exposed to, in, you know, a 30 seconds you know, period of time, what a smoker gets exposed right. to in their entire life. You know, my favorite thing about that scene is when Obi-Wan flips over him, he's up on the ledge and goes... Give up, Anakin. I have the high ground. And I'm like, oh, well, that means that it's over. Because you're standing two feet higher than him. <laughs> he loses. It's the mind games of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm tired of this shit. I have the high ground. I mean, if you're like fighting someone with a sword, and they're... And you can jump 15 feet in the air. Oh, the jumping thing. Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty flippy. And then he could just cut the dude's shins off. Darth could just... He does. He also... It was pretty <laughs> fucked up that Obi-Wan left him to die so painfully. He should have just killed him. Yeah. Man. Messed up, Obi. I'm sorry, Anakin! Yeah. Blah! Welcome <laughs> to the comic trope, guys. Uh, the comic trope usually has nothing to do with Star Wars, but since Star Wars is coming out Thursday, we decided to talk about it. Much like comic books, I know very little about the Star Wars and I have, to my right, Smiling Dave. I was going to try to give you guys Star Wars days, but I know so little about that. I was Smiling just... Dave is a good smuggler name, though. Like, I would be, you know, you should we trust him? And we have uh, Smiling Dave and Wookie Anus. Amos. Wookie Amos. <laughs> I who, him... who is now going to be known by everyone on Earth for the rest of his life as Wookie Anus. And he's just going to have to kill everyone. Um, All right. 
great. I called him Space one, Amos. I mean, do uh, Wookie are they like Cloaca? You know, wait, what? Is <laughs> Cloaca? No, Cloaca. That's like you know. Um, are you asking birds. if they have that? Like birds, like poop and pee right. and lay their eggs out of one hole, which I found out on the Slack conversation earlier. This Clockle week. kiss, which is a glass glass jaw. Is it like that with? <laughs> oh. Is that is that the same with Wookies? Do they lay eggs, poo and pee out of the same hole? Well, they're mammals, oh. but it is a galaxy far, far yeah. away. So they it could might... be dramals. Yeah, I don't know. A dramalian. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about a lot of Star Wars stuff. Uh, we're probably going to mention and at least briefly speak about the new Spider-Man Homecoming um, trailer that came out. We've read a comic book that has nothing to do with Star Wars. We read The Amazing Screw-On Head by Mike Mignola, which will be um, fun to talk about. Uh, what else? Just Star Wars stuff, right? A lot of Star Wars. This is kind of a Star Wars episode. Oh, and uh, of course, Kurt Russell's dick. No! Why? Why? Well, because it's, it's relevant no, to it's everyone's interest. No, it is not. It's not. I'm not interested in Kurt Russell or... Well, Blake. then you shouldn't have spent 20 minutes of the podcast talking about Kurt Russell's dick. I don't, and I didn't. Listen, America, you can decide if Blake's discussion of Kurt Russell's dick is excessive. Would you like to know more? <laughs> is, this, is it going to be like a choose-your-own-adventure where you like fast-forward to different... To an alternate <laughs> version of the yeah. podcast where you only talk about Kurt is Russell's like, dick? If you want to speak about Kurt Russell's penis... Move to page, our time, 1 minute 92 seconds. And you scroll there. Why would it be 1 minute 92 seconds? <laughs> because this is an alternate future. <laughs> I don't know. We use a totally different timekeeping yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. This is about Star Wars. Everything's weird. Okay, that's um, fair. We won't really talk about it, but I'll mention it here. Uh, as a side note, uh, when I saw Warren Ellis uh, last week at the book signing for his new novel, Normal, um, somebody in the audience asked if he ever considered writing a Star Wars book for Marvel, and he said, I love Star Wars as a kid, but that's where those things belong for the children. I have no desire to write anything that's kids' book-based. Oh, I There was a collective sigh in the audience. People were like, oh. <laughs> I wish that we could have heard him say that, because I imagine it was very... It was. It was good. ...forthcoming and just... I don't, have, I don't have any desire to uh, to uh, do a Star Wars book. I, 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 loved, I loved the movies as a kid, and I just I don't have any desire to write them now. I don't have any desire to write a Star he's, Wars movie. He's not an Are you thinking of Grant Morrison, who's Scottish, but, you know... I don't know. I don't have any desire to write a Star have, Wars book. Everyone I have respect for has a Irish, English, or British accent in my head. Uh, yeah, Warren Ellis uh, is from... He's from south of London, from a small village south of London. And so he's got a southern English accent. Very mild, very... The refined ones. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Well, before we go on to more stuff, Smiling Dave stuff. has a, our first official Star Wars question for the group that he's going to ask right now. Thanks for the lead up. <clears throat> so... With this uh, Thursday, as Blake mentioned, being the release of Rogue One, a Star Wars story, uh, my first question is, how many of you guys feel like that people are going to go into this and be upset that uh, Ray and BBA aren't in this one? Oh, yeah. I have been wondering, since they announced the whole a Star Wars story stuff or the Star Wars saga stuff, yeah. as they were calling them before, they were calling them anthology films. Right, anthology yeah. films. I was like, this is going to confuse the shit out of a bunch of people. Yeah. I'm assuming there's some 
you know, I mean, because they have the text scroll, you know, they'll make which, it explicit. Which I've heard they're not doing for the Star Wars stories. Oh, I didn't know that. Which they wow. might use to differentiate. That's crazy. Do you think that, like, someone comes out and, like, and is like, all right, just want to explain this to you guys. Uh, It'll be me. You, you might have seen Star Wars last year, but uh, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, the movie you watch, nothing to do with the movie you're about to watch. I know it seems weird, but it's still in the Star Wars universe. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great, guys. Goodbye. <laughs> this actually happens 30 years before what you saw last year. We're not, Isn't that great? We're not calling it a prequel, but I mean, it's basically a prequel. It's, it's a pre-C prequel. It's an intermequel. It's, inter- <laughs> it's the world's first ever intermequel. <laughs> now, let's put our hands together for the cast in a... Uh, and the action is uh, pretty neat. Yeah. Everyone's throwing popcorn at him the entire time. Shut up, gravy boy! <laughs> I don't know why. He's Sit down, Radagast. <laughs> Radagast the brown. He's the color of shit. Oh, uh, was that a Star Wars joke? No, that was some Lord of the Rings. Joke. Oh, great! <laughs> yeah, another franchise I know nothing about. Oh man. So um, yeah, uh, I, the other big thing too that I, I joked with my girlfriend about was you know, how many people are going to leave the theater and go, "Shit, I cannot wait for Rogue 2. Right. Oh, yeah. This was the first one. It's how you know. It's in the title. It's Star Wars. It's what they do. Uh, Yeah, so Rogue One, it's a Star Wars story. And as we mentioned a moment ago, um, these films originally kind of build as anthology films take place at various points throughout the Star Wars timeline. Um, And as far as I know, um, just with the two they've announced thus far, Rogue One uh, this week and then Han Solo, which will be out after... What's that one called? Is there an official title? Han Solo's Big Weekend? Yeah. Weekend at Solos. Weekend at Solos. His parents go out of town, and he throws a killer bash, and uh, they fuck the house up, and they have a dead Wookiee with sunglasses on. (laughs) His name is so cool. He had to have ponies. His name. He has to have like a a horrible kid's name. Like Han Solo is the cool name that somehow he kept, and like everyone knew him. They all called him Winky. Harold Solosentine or something. <laughs> Solosentine. Harold Solosentine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, goddamn Harold. It's Han Solo. Harold Solosentine. Harold Shaw. Like how first. Sting's real name is Gordy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get another beer, Gordy. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So as these take place within the the two they've already you know have announced Han Solo and and Rogue One take place within you know, characters and universes that we already are pretty familiar with. I'd really like to see them go off of the rails a little bit and do things from all different corners of the Star Wars universe and galaxy. Uh, and so my question for you guys today is what would you like to see done within the, the world of Star Wars? All right. So what I would like to see most, you know, the scene in Return of the Jedi where they're giving the um, battle plan for how they're going to take down the second Death Star. Right. You could cut the sexual tension between Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar with a knife in that scene. How about so, General Maydine? What about Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, that's not. That's me and Numb. Yeah. General mind. Maydine is the guy with the horrific hairpiece. Oh, yeah, there. yeah, it's yeah. Got the, uh, the pointer. <laughs> anyway, I want to see what steamy situation has occurred between. The Admiral and the Mothma prior to Return of the Jedi. She's in Rogue One. Yeah. Looking smoking hot, too. Steamy situations. Many Bothans died to give me this erection. That's where I thought where you were. That's I don't know I why she'd have an erection, but yeah. That's where I thought you were going with that. Was You wanted to know what the fuck a Bothan was. A Bothan's like, like a big bat creature. Yeah. 
I mean, they're humanoid, but they have like bat. But faces. that's that's expanded universe, and at this point, not necessarily uh, canon any longer. So, but I think they're I think they're in something that's canon. I don't know. You could be right though. I think they show up in Clone Wars. Oh, uh, maybe the so. cartoon. Yeah, I've watched Clone Wars in a bit. So yeah, uh, Mon Calamari people being from um, you know an aquatic planet. You know, I imagine it's probably get real steamy wherever it is they go to engage. Instead. Or they lay eggs and then the male fertilizes them and it's not steamy at all. Right, it's just kind of weird. And Don't sexual. watch, this is weird. Don't cl- watch. It's real clinical. <laughs> Don't watch. He just like takes his pants off and just <laughs> rubs and. Oh, well, it's got to be his crotch still, but it is. Don't worry, it's not a trap. <laughs> Wackity schmackity dude. Am I the only person who really dislikes Luke Skywalker? Lots just of people think that he's whiny, but. Well, that's... but he's. Uh, it's like the. You know, it's he becomes a man. He's the arc, yeah. The he's the hero in this hero's journey. Um, you in the first one, he's a whiny little brat, and he's kind of sh- annoying. Uh, the second one, he's still annoying, but you see him start to you know he gets beat down. By second, you mean four, five, and six? Is, oh yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Him. By Empire, he is yeah he is starting to gain in confidence, and then in Return of the Jedi, he's an absolute badass. Yeah. Uh, so. I think I think when most people say that they find him annoying because it does happen, although compared to other Skywalkers, he's nothing. Yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> um, Jesus Christ Skywalker. Yeah. yeah, I mean he essentially is. He was given birth to by the Metaclorians. Right, Anakin. Yeah, what I'm saying is Anakin is terrible. But uh, I think they're talking about a New Hope, Luke. Yeah, you know who talks about going to the Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. It's true. Yeah. But then Return of the Jedi Luke is pretty rad. Because he doesn't talk as much. He just... Very confident. He just kills with <laughs> reckless abandon. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dave? What do you want to see? Um, you know, I feel like there's a lot of uh, obvious places most people would go, especially having a love for things, you know, the Old Republic, um, like the, the Knights of the Old Republic games, which are fantastic stories in and of themselves. But I'd like to even stray a little bit further from that. If I was going to go on an already established character, I would love to see um, like a black exploitation Lando movie. Yes, Michael Jai White could do it, which would be fantastic. He he could do it as like the pseudo sequel to Black Dynamite. If there's anybody who needs more story, I think it's Lando. Yeah, because he's so awesome in Empire and Return of the Jedi. Dresses like a fucking G. Yeah, like yeah. his outfits just even as a general within the rebellion, it's like a tan suit with like a periwinkle blue cape. Man, that shit is tight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want his character, and I'm using air quotes in the Colt 45 ads to be a character in the Star Wars universe <laughs> who is a washed-up vid actor, because they would say something like that, yeah. who is now schlocking Colt 45, but has this rich backstory. I want to see that. And he just like, happens to look just like Lando Calrissian. I'd like to see, potentially, um, you know, a story of, of Yoda. He is the most wizened of all of the Force <laughs> characters, right? He's pretty wizened. He's pretty wizened. Um, he is, but he's wise, he's patient, um, and his... His underestimation of the dark side of the Force and its ability to return has to have come from somewhere. I think it'd be pretty cool to see him battle with the Sith at a much younger age yeah, totally. to see where his his thoughts and beliefs on what the dark side was capable of. Because it seems like he almost feels like it's been eradicated, and he's not super concerned about it. He's always weary of it at the edges 
of people training in the ways of the Force, but never really believing that it could come back, especially without him knowing. So it seems like his relationship with the dark side of the Force probably has some kind of thing that happened in his past. A young 150 or 100. <clears throat> exactly. Of... He's 900 in the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So. so the thing I had said about 80-year-old men having 80-year-old cocks, that's a 900-year-old cock. <laughs> that's, that's like a that's, that's like a William the Conqueror era cock. <laughs> First of all, why do we always have dark penises? And second of all, why are you are you sure that Yoda actually has genitalia? No, not at all. I, 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 know, I know almost nothing about his species. His his species for how central he is to the Star Wars story is very little. They've never like, named official, it. Right. Yeah. He actually that could be just what humans look like when they get nine hundred years old. <laughs> so you might He's actually right. a human. It's actually got, a human. the algae starts to grow on your skin and you tints it green. Um, I hope to God that's not true. <laughs> there's a there's a female Yoda within the prequel trilogy. Right. That, her name is Yaddle. But right. I mean that's as much as we know of. We know there are other others of his species. Oh, or they, they so they probably to don't dress like a female. <laughs> well, they're both just in robes. Um, Pink robes. They probably don't reproduce asexually. <laughs> yeah, probably they probably not. don't reproduce like Godzilla does. <laughs> what kind of? <laughs> what kind of? Yoda sex is the last sex. Yeah, that's that it. I we're we're moving on. Up. We that is it. We're moving on. <laughs> Let's do. No, we're we're moving on. Okay, we're moving on. Let's do an icebreaker. Hey, so as we've mentioned uh, before, and we will mention many times again, uh, Star Wars Rogue Nation, Rogue One, Rog uh, Rog Rogway, Rogway One. Rogue One is uh, coming out this Thursday, which is a big deal. And because of that, I, someone who does not know much about Star Wars, who has watched the films, but that's, you know, about it. And probably only watched, like, each once or twice. Even the originals? The originals maybe five times a piece. Maybe. Okay. Um, which I think is, like, saying a lot about how I don't really know much about Star Wars, because those are films that people rewatch, like... Over and over. I've seen them thousands of times, yes. And I've probably seen each, like, five-ish. Uh, but I have come up with questions about said wars in the star. So and here's the also icebreaker. trade disputes. Yes, and many trade disputes. Icebreaker is I want to recast some of these Star Wars characters, but there's a twist. Ooh. An intergalactic twist. Is well, it's all in one guy. Uh, directing this new one. Oh boy! I want you guys to recast the actors in Star Wars. The first recast is Han Solo, but the actor had to play Batman. So, which Batman do you want to be Han Solo? Wait, which one's Han Solo? Are you? No. <laughs> are you? Are you what? Um, I said to no, just making dry jokes. That seems easy for me. I feel like Val Kilmer is really the only person that's played Batman that would do a halfway decent job of playing Han Solo. I went straight to George Clooney. Don't know why. Ugh, gross. <laughs> straight to George Clooney. You want to get on my ship? <laughs> oh, okay, get on my ship. Um, there are thirteen of us. Get on my ship. Other than Val Kilmer. Adam West. No one. 
Adam Han West Solo. is and <laughs> Solo. Adam West. So Val Kilmer, we we agree yeah, there. He's the only one I could possibly see doing it. Kevin Conroy, why not? <laughs> Princess Leia, an actress from the TV show Friends. Um, Guest stars count. Sure, Tina Turner. Tina Turner was on Friends. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I've only seen like five episodes of that show. Uh, if we're talking about the prime cast, I feel like the most Princess Leia like would be Courtney Cox. Lisa Kudrow probably would not fit the part well enough because she's supposed to be a little more grounded, even for a princess. Rachel would just ask questions. Mm, um, um, <laughs> mm, oh, um, so rebellion. Is so, it like a mandatory thing, or... I'm going to rebel and uh, cupcakes. I don't know why my Rachel sounds like she could be Kermit the Frog. I'm Princess Leia. Uh, all right, moving on from Princess Leia. Worst person that could be picked to voice Jabba the Hutt. Gilbert Godfrey. Wow, that'd be fucking awful. Um, yeah. Do you do a, Do you have a Gilbert? Ah, uh, no, not not well enough to. Um, <laughs> What's something that Jabba the Hutt says? Chiba Nawabe solo. Chiba Nawabe. Everything he says is in Hutties, so yeah, it's not like he has wonky chuba. My favorite line is when they wake him up in Return of the Jedi, Whoa. and he goes, "Whoa, yeah." <laughs> Me and my brother would rewind that five seconds over and over. I was thinking Just Christopher Watkins would be the worst. Wait, wait. Christopher <laughs> Watkins? Wait. What's Christopher <laughs> Watkins? Everyone's favorite guy. Christopher, Christopher Watkins. Watkins, that's it. No, not Watkins. Watkins. Just Watkin. Just Watkin? Yeah. Oh, like that's his name. Scott. <laughs> exactly. But have you seen, there was an SNL sketch that was this. It was uh, other. It was other yeah. actors auditioning for the parts. I don't think I saw that. One. It's pretty good. Uh, the best one is Walter Matthau doing um, Obi Wan Kenobi. He starts reading, you know, the Force is a magical energy field that binds. The- what is this horseshit? <laughs> and you know they do they do Christopher Walken as Han Solo, and it's exactly what you'd expect. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a good one to watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I this bit has it. been done, but that's okay. I mean that's that's just the way it is. That's, that's Everything's been done. I think the some things will never change. Yep, it's all been done. It's all been. Done. You know what? That reminds me. For some reason, every time I listen to that band, that singer makes me think of you. Well, because they're Canadian. I think there's more to it than that. But it's not. Is it the, because we're both overweight? Well, I, I. Is it because we're both brunette and have glasses? I, you. I can't exactly remember what he looks like, but I have a vague recollection of what he looks like, and it's you. I'm every, like, everyone says I look like someone because I look like every, like, not obese, but fat, white, famous guy. Like, I look like Jack Osborne. I look like Jack Black. Um, I don't think you look like Jack Black. I think when I had He's long hair, I got oh, well, no, Jack Osborne, I get all the time. I could kind of see that. Indisputable. Um, I used to get people used to say, you know, you look like a skinny Drew Carey, and then Drew Carey lost all his weight, and now they're like, hey, you look like Drew Carey. <laughs> hey, you look like a fat Drew Carey. <laughs> Isn't it sad that when 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 your your fame goes from um, you look like a skinny Drew Carey to you look like a fat Drew Carey? <laughs> 
All right, moving on. Hey, you look like a factory character. You could, asshole. It could be worse. In the dark, I get Justin Timberlake, but in normal sunshine, I get David Spade. So <laughs> in the dark, I get George Clooney. In the light, I get Tilda Swinton. No, I don't get either one of those. I get Jim Belushi. All right, what if Yoda was full size in the movies? Who do you think would play him? And why is it that when you think about Yoda full size, what do I mean by full, not to be an ass? I mean like five to six and a half feet. Um, what I'm thinking. Why is that so tall? Frightening. Yeah. Is he proportional? Does he continue to right. get wide that's, as he grows tall? That's what is, I immediately he thought. Just like, he's just like a skinny, green, tall alien at that point. No, I mean like if you took him. <laughs> and then just like magnified him, you know. Well, okay, so so he's not human shaped and height. He's not just a human with big ears. He's also very wide. Yeah, what so he is. he's a weird. He's just this strange, like juggernaut sized creature. Yeah. <laughs> and have you ever noticed that Grover and Yoda? Oh yeah, the same, voice. Exactly same voice. Same voice. Oh yeah. Yeah. Frank Oz? Yeah. Right. See, I didn't even know it was like voiced by the same person. Yeah, same so guy. it was like literally voiced by the same... I'm yes. fucking in tune with my ears, y'all. Yeah. And Frank Oz does the voice for both of them. Grover is just a happier, younger uh, Yoda. Huh. Near? <laughs> far! Mm, far I am! <laughs> Have you guys... I, I believe I sent it to the group. I don't know if you assholes actually watched it or not. The uh, Seagulls Stop It Now yeah. video. That's really not good. We'll that. link it to that. It's just a funny musical jig. The guy Yoda, and the song goes on for like five fucking minutes. It's pretty man. good, and it's still good. Um, it's yeah, the guys yeah. that do not guys. Bad lip reading. Guy is the guy that does bad lip reading. Okay. Um, and he basically takes that scene from Empire Strikes Back where Luke is training with Yoda, and Yoda sings a song about uh, attacking seagulls. Oh, I've, I have seen that. <laughs> I it's it been a while. Funny. Yeah. Um. Back to full size Yoda because it's so freaky. Uh, it's like Snuffleupagus. Yeah, who would yeah. play full size Yoda? Three people in a suit. No. What actor would be Yoda? Marlon what Brando. Would, Marlon Brando. Okay. What would Yoda sound like if he was that big? Would he have like a lower voice? You will be. Uh, I don't know what he would sound like, but I he would wouldn't only want. Whisper. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have anything to do with him. All right. Here's a really hard question. Okay, if you had to recast Darth Vader and it needed to be a female character, what actress would play Darth Vader? Would voice Darth Vader? Well, yeah, play, voice, whatever you want. I mean, because if we're talking about play the character, it would be Ronda Rousey. She's sexy. Uh, Helen Mirren. I'm just thinking of voices. <laughs> I don't know. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> the voice of Dory yes. is going to well, be Darth Vader. Well, I'm trying to find the plans, but, uh, but the plans... I... Look, I'm your mother. <laughs> I'm your mother. Look, look, look over there. I'm your mother. I'm your I'm mother. mother. I said it. I'm your mother. I'd be into that. Um, when you said I'd be into that, it didn't sound like you wanted to see Ellen as Darth Vader. It seemed like sexually that was something that would oh, be all about. No. Well, mm. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Um, this was too difficult of a question to ask. No, I, I think that you would need somebody... Because if you're talking about them actually playing Darth Vader, then they need to be imposing, right? They need to be something that uh, would would be fearful. And I think that you've already got 
a pretty decent representation of that in the fact that Gwendolyn Christie plays Captain Phasma in episode seven. I'm trying to think of women actors who have really distinct voices, but that are also imposing voices. Like when I think of distinct voices, Catherine Hepburn, huh. uh, Joan Rivers, those are distinct Fran voices. Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher has Fran a very Drescher distinct Drescher has the Death <laughs> Theater. Uh... Betty White would be great. <laughs> I'd listen. Um, Estelle Getty. Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. Oh. I feel like we're just listing off actresses now. I, listen, I, I say that Gwendolyn Christie would make the best Darth Vader. Her voice as uh, Captain Phasma in Episode 7 is actually really kind of imposing. FN21187, report to blah, 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 blah. All right. <laughs> Before we go, please pull out your Wookiees. Let's, let's hear your best Wookiee. No, it's really good. Can't do it. I, I'm not gonna be able to follow that. I can't follow the fireball, the hairball. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> it's like a it sounded like a Scottish vacuum cleaner that's stuck on something. Hey, hey! <laughs> it's a Scotsman who's dying in a in an alleyway. Help me! <laughs> he's he's way past the point of speech. He's all he's got is. Hey! I drank so hard. I'm not doing great. He was the fifth character in Train Spotting. He, uh, <laughs> he died though. Uh, did you guys hear them making a Train Spotting sequel? There's a trailer. Huh. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it's we'll have to talk about it next week. I'll cut this part out. F it up, fuzzball. Let's talk about Star Wars news. Ba da 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 da. <laughs> Also, don't think you're catching what I'm doing. He's doing yeah, yeah, you're doing Star Trek. I get okay, it. all right, good. Did you see that shirt? Uh, it's, I forget where. It's one of like T-shirt hell or something like that, or funny or die. <clears throat> it's a picture of the uh, what are they call Daleks from Doctor Who. The Daleks. Daleks yeah. or whatever. It's a yeah. picture of a Dalek, and it says, "Is that R two D two? I loved him in Star Trek." <laughs> That's pretty good. That's really good. <laughs> they are weird as shit. That's a the idea of Daleks is creepy, but the execution is ridiculous. They are so not intimidating. Am I like the only nerd no, I don't like who has not been able to I forced myself to watch the first three seasons that aren't the ones from like the fifties or whatever. So you're talking about the the let's call it a reboot. Um let's call it's not, a but don't but call it a comeback. You're talking about starting with Chris Eccleston, the, the modern Doctor Who? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, watched yeah. the first three seasons. Yes. So. You saw two seasons with David Tennant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't like that. that guy. Man, that's sad. I mean, he was okay, but I, it's not him. He was the best part of the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I always felt like I was watching a bad X-Files that was set in space. I think, do you like other British uh Absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great dwarf. Yep. He was a good. He was a good dwarf. Who? Red dwarf. I don't. I don't. I haven't seen Great Dwarf. Red dwarf. Whatever. Red dwarf. Yeah. It's a good show. It's a comedy set in deep space, essentially, with a marooned crew that only have each other. That. Oh, is that what Pigs in Space was based off of? You know the skin and like Muppets thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Pigs in space. I think I think that skit is older than Red Dwarf. Ugh. Maybe. I'm broken the Probably. 
But yeah, Red Dwarf is is very much like Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, well, I like Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay, even the uh, bad movie that wasn't great. The Disney was one. Okay, I thought it was all right. Yeah. So Star Wars news. I'm trying to only talk about Star Wars because Star Wars is Star Wars and Star Wars. We get paid for every time I say Star Wars. It's a it's a big Star Wars week. We may have mentioned that earlier. I think that Blake even mentioned that he would be mentioning it then and future times, which is what I'm doing now. Rogue One comes out this week. Reviews are really good so far. Like, very positive from both reviewers and people who have already seen it who are not reviewers. Yeah, Gareth uh, Edwards said that, uh, I think it was last week, he tweeted that uh, George Lucas sat down uh, the night before and had watched his film and came out and said that he loved it. And he said, to me, that's the only review that really matters. Except when he says he doesn't like it, and then you're like, whatever, shut up. You sold it, you <laughs> bastard. Every movie Your you've doesn't done. Count. <laughs> yeah, every movie you've done in the past ten years, it hasn't been good. Go away. Just the three, but they were all not good. You're right. So, okay, so lots of uh, marketing going on. Tie-ins. Yeah. You can call an Uber, and it will pick you up in a Tie Fighter. Well, the icon is a Tie Fighter when it comes to get you. Man, if it really did pick you up in a Tie Fighter, though, I'd be so fast. I'd be disturbed. And they don't have a good track record of. Living. So. No, TIE Fighters blow up all the yeah. time, and Uber drivers aren't very good. So it's like a horrible mix that you would definitely die. There's no way you wouldn't die. You'd die. Yeah. I thought Uber was our sponsor. Way to go. Nope. Sponsored by Lyft. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we all have pink mustaches. Yep. Well, today. Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> Kmart has snowflakes that look like drones. Like, throughout the entirety of Kmart. Why did you go to ta- Kmart, Blake? I don't know. What but, kind of drones? Like Imperial Probe droids? Like from Empire? Yeah. The one that goes... I don't know. The one with the... the I don't know. The drone. There's like specific drones I need to know about yeah. now. Well, if you say Star Wars drone, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Like whatever those... Uh, what are the, the white guys called? Uh, Stormtroopers? Yeah, there you go. Wow. A bunch of them. All right, so that's where we're, what we're working on. Okay. <laughs> like, I don't know anything. Clone Trooper, that's what you're talking about. Clone Trooper. Yeah, clone, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Oh, Although, wait, wait. Those were the ones, the guns if, that go pew, pew. <laughs> if it's a tie-in to Rogue One, they're going to be Stormtroopers. Guys, so they're Stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah. They're or Death the, Troopers. Death Troopers? such. Yeah, there's a, a bunch of different kind of Stormtroopers. A Trooper Scooper. That's where the, your Stormtroopers will poop on the sidewalk, and you need Trooper Scoopers to make sure that you're with in compliance of uh, imperial law hmm. big fines big big fines of course what's I'm. your what's your favorite stormtrooper um specialty i like sand troopers sand troopers are pretty big good. guns and that little shoulder patch, plate little yeah orange, orange shoulder pad that's cool i've always been kind of partial to um scout troopers because they fly speeder bikes yeah and they have the cool like they've got like a visor that Right, those goggles. Oh, like those are the guys dicks. in the jungle, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah those look pretty cool. In the, in the ju- it's, it's a forest, but I mean... <laughs> it's a forest moon, not a jungle moon. <laughs> but what it's worth, I just want to put it Wait out Wait a there. minute, the Ewoks weren't in a jungle? Forest. It was a forest. If... Dagobah is a jungle. I guess I remember. I think Dagobah is like a swamp. Well, yeah, but it's got jungle in the swamp. It's a swamp jungle. It's a snungle. <laughs> It's a, it's a swungle. I'm not sure we've seen... Um, wait, what was the planet they go to in Force Awakens where... Uh, not Jakku, but um, where 
Lupita Nyong'o's character lives. Oh yeah, I don't um, remember the name of the planet. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it either. That looks like a jungle planet. Yeah, that's it's a very green. Uh, Yavin Four is a jungle planet. Yeah, Yavin Four looks pretty jungly. It is mad jungly. Jungly. Yeah, that's a <laughs> oh. jungly ball. Jungle boogie. Yeah, uh, I was reading this note and it says Bateman Star Wars mashup, and I'm trying. To, I'm like, when did Jason Bateman do a mashup? And then I remembered that no, I wanted to talk about the uh, the Batman Superman Zack Snyder um, mashup that he did. That's for some reason he decided to take clips from Batman versus Superman and the Star Wars trailer and kind of mash them up and. It's kind of, it's kind of garbage, right? Right. It wasn't like most things Zach does. Terrible. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't that interesting. It wasn't that funny. And also, it seems kind of like self gratifying for him, right? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. It's a weird. It's kind of a weird thing for the director of one of those films to do that. It's true. So yeah, fuck you, Zack Snyder. That that was stupid. And I think the reason he did it is because J.J. Abrams did like a Batman. In 2014, he did like a oh look the Batmobile at the on the bottom of a. I kind of liked that one because it was so it was a tiny Batmobile. It was funny. I, I it makes you believe that potentially like in the production replica model of the Millennium Falcon, there's conceivably a tumbler, a Batman tumbler right. stuck to the underside of the uh, of the ship. Um, similarly, you might know this or not know this, but in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, on the edge of the ship that the aliens arrive in, there is, because it's a model, right? Like, that's what they use, because there wasn't really, a, you know, any CGI back then. The physical model that they actually use to, to shoot and to film with has a uh, 1978 uh, R2-D2 Kenner action figure glued to it and spray-painted gray like the rest of the ship. Huh. And that, rep- that model that was used in the film is actually at... Um, an aerospace museum in, in D.C. you can go and see. Which is the only reason I even know that because I was looking at it I was like, there's a fucking R2-D2 on the side of this thing. Sure enough, went back and looked at the film. R2-D2 is that droid that's blue and goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one, the one the trash can. Yeah, the yeah, trash can. I got it. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, though. I need that for most things. But, you know, if it's outside of the first three movies, now even if it's in the first three movies, yeah, I don't know shit. Uh, but it's not that I dislike them. I just don't rewatch them. Um, any other Star Wars news that uh, you guys would like to bring up? Um, you know, the, the marketing machine has, and the, obviously so, um, or deservedly so, the marketing machine has not been in the same kind of full-on bore it was last year around this time. Last year around this time, you couldn't swing a dead cat without hitting, like, a, a bunch of shirts. Like, I bought three or four Star Wars shirts last year at Kroger. Because it's just the shit was everywhere, and there's a lot of it again this year for for Rogue One, uh, but it's just not quite the, the the levels of saturation that we we see with the more proper numbered sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen much cereal this year. I was hoping to pick up some Star Wars cereal. It's been available since last year. Like it, it's it it remains on shelves. Actually, really good cereal. Uh, we would do a cereal day at the at my work, and um, I would always go get that and bring it in. Where do you do cereal day? At my job. He's not going to tell the internet where he oh, works. Okay, fair enough. I forgot people listen. It's <laughs> Kellogg's. <laughs> he works for General Mills. Yeah. They have this crazy thing called cereal day. Uh, but yeah, the Star Wars cereal is pretty good. I mean, it's essentially just 
Lucky Charms because it's well, then it's rice, delicious. It's rice cereal with marshmallows. Imperial Charms. <laughs> Frosted <laughs> Imperial Charms. Nothing more charming than an Imperial officer. You will eat this cereal. Their detention center delicious. Where are you going with this thing? You can't see me waving my hand in front of the microphone. It's probably for the best, though, because Imperial officers don't use the Force. Really? Damn it! No. In fact, they don't believe in it. They think that they don't believe a, in the Force? a backwards religion that only Darth Vader uh, Your sad devotion. To. All right. God, I don't know shit about Star Wars. It's true. It's We're okay. definitely uncovering this. It's well, okay. Yeah. Potentially. Hey, I've seen the Aliens movies. I haven't. See? There's something that I'm better at. All right. <laughs> um, moving on. You might have not noticed it, and I, w- I didn't until I Googled it, is that in the new Spider-Man trailer, there is a Star Wars uh, shout-out. Hmm. And it's when Ned Leeds, um, who's like Peter Parker's fat friend. Drops a Lego Death Star, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got that yeah, Lego yeah, Death yeah. Star. He's putting it together. Yeah. And that is... Is, 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 that what we were, is that what we're choosing to go on record as calling him? Um, I mean, we don't, I mean, he's chubby. He's, corpulent? He's, <laughs> you know, the corpulent fellow. We're using 19th century vernacular to describe I mean, he's, Spider-Man. He's smaller than I am. There's a lad swinging across the yon buildings. I don't know if they would have said skyscraper. Anyway, I got um, He's He's got the high school chunk. Tolly house, he's I think a, is what they call it. He, he's a fat kid. They're college students, right? No, high school students. Why are they in a dorm? Maybe they, they're not in a dorm. So that's, they, his, that's his apartment, I feel like. No, it's actually a hotel because they're going to D.C. Oh, um, field to trip. Do, a trip. Go on a field trip. Okay. And that's actually, that makes sense because that's why he is, um, he meets up with uh, Tony Stark there. So anyways, yeah, the uh, the trailers came out and they look pretty good. A few things to talk about in the trailer is Vulture does not look like a nice old man. He does not. I He looks like does. a badass bird. A badass bird. A real humdinger of a birdman. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that he's somehow um, in cahoots with the Tinkerer because it seems like all the weapons that... That sounds fearsome. The I'm in cahoots with the Tinkerer. <laughs> I feel like that, that would I be I just peed my pants just that saying would, it. Yeah, I mean, but that's going to be said in comic books. Right. So you've been in cahoots with the Tinker this whole time. That's an owl watcher. That's... that's, 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 that's <laughs> oh, look at that owl. It's 60, so beautiful. 60s comic books and 2010s owl watchers are the same yeah. thing. Did I, I sent you guys that, uh, that comic book uh, panel of uh, Captain America and Tony Stark kind of arguing and bickering back and forth. And <laughs> Tony Stark says... Listen here, Cap, sounds like you're in need of some straight dick from the Iron oh, Man. Oh, right, right. And that means real, like, tough talk. Straight dick would have been 60s slang for tough talk. Yep. I just I just think about all the AM radio stations that would be called tough dick. Yeah, straight dick in the straight morning. Straight dick in the morning with Bob and Glenn. And they just talk about, like, sports, whiskey, and politics. And that's it. We'll give you the straight dick. <laughs> Oh, that curved wang nonsense. <laughs> welcome to welcome to curved wang after hours. We so like to go below the is, surface. So to keep anyway. this topical, um, <laughs> you fucking started it. Uh, listen, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it back, if if you will. Tying back that straight. Day. I am. Yeah. Um, 
the straight dig on Spider-Man is is that the internet's pretty peeved about this man's uh, uh, web wings. The web wings look ridiculous. I, web wings? I, I didn't even notice that. I you didn't notice the spot. underarm deal? Yeah. Man, look, the Ditko eyes are cool. And then, like, adding the... The straight Ditko eyes. Yes. Yeah. The Ditko the eyes. The talk eyes. They're straight. They're great. But then, like, the little web wings that were, like, never really, really used in the comics, like, functionally-wise, it looked... I don't know. It looked I like he it. hadn't showered in a while. I get it because Iron Man makes suit for him, so maybe he gave him some little wings or whatever, but I don't like him. Well, so here's here's what I think. I like the fact that the movies and the comic books can exist wholly independent of one another, right? Sure. Spider-Man 2099 had the web wings, and he used them yeah. pretty extensively. In 2099. Right, but this is forward thinking because this was a suit not designed by Peter himself, but designed by Tony Stark, the billionaire suit inventor, as you just mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so... I like. I don't mind that they're there. If they have some kind of functionality, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, where if we had a scene where Peter goes like, "That's really awesome," I would have never thought of that. Or if there's a scene where Peter goes, "Man, these web wings that you gave me, these things really impede my movement. Can we like cut these?" He's like, or, or if like Tony comes up to him and they're you know because there's a scene of the two of them like swinging and flying at the end of the trailer. If there's a scene where he goes. What, what happened to your suit? Why did you cut those wings out? He's like, oh, I got rid of them because they were slowing me down. He's like, they're slowing you down, but they're aerodynamically designed to help you do blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, no. They were stupid. I got rid of them. Like, if that was the scene, like, that would be funny, sure. right? There's there's a bunch of ways to make them look okay and make it work, but they still suck. Disagree. When, when it was a big deal whether or not Captain America had wings on the side of his head, did you guys care? Also didn't care. I, I just thought that they should be on his boots if they're not going to be on his head. Hermes, if you will. All right. Hermes. I don't care. I don't care about his underarm there needs to stuff. Look, there needs to be a line in which it needs to... The movie just needs to pay homage or whatever to, to the comics. I get that. But at least make it look cooler. I thought they looked fine. You know, I know didn't even notice them. <laughs> okay. And I bet 95% of the people who watch aren't going to notice them either. No, that's true. The neckbeards are going nuts, though. Well, I couldn't care less. As someone whose neckbeard is in full force right now, I couldn't care less. My neckbeard is on my ass. That's an ass beard. I want, I want to isolate that clip, and anytime you call or text me, I want my phone to say, <laughs> my neckbeard is on my ass. Uh, over and over. So, I'm excited for this movie. Yeah, I can't wait. I think that the, you know, a lot of the parts that I saw of Spider-Man interacting with his boy, Ned, or whatever, yeah, Ned Leeds, it reminds me more of um, Superior, no, not Superior, Ultimate Spider-Man, Miles Morales. So, I really think that they've looked at the the high school stuff from Miles and then the old high school uh, comics, the Ditko comics and stuff. Um and kind of, it looks like they're weaving it all together, which I think is pretty cool. And I think he's a really good Spider-Man, so I'm excited for it. Um, I wonder what lesson Iron Man's going to learn in this one. <laughs> yeah. It's like he always learns that he's an asshole in every movie. <laughs> Nothing happens from it. He's the, he's the Reed Richards 
of uh, the MCU. Yeah, of the MCU for sure. He's the ultimate Reed Richards of the yeah. MCU. Um, the trailer also has starts out with uh, "Time to Pretend" by MGMT. So oh, I, right. I, I caught all kinds of feels at the beginning of that because I was like, "Oh shit!" Takes Love me back this. to a time, yeah, a 2007 time where that was the fucking jam. Yeah, I guess it wasn't that long. Yeah, that's right. Almost ten years ago. Yeah, just about. Yeah. That's right. That's Technically right. Technically nine. <laughs> Uh, that's all I got to say about Spider-Man, except I'm excited, and I'm excited for the Star Wars movie whenever I see it, which won't be Thursday, unlike both of you, most likely. You're seeing it. Nah, right? I'm not going to see it on Thursday. I know you are, because he's, have... he's skipping our podcast just for it. Well, you guys aren't going to record without me, I guess. No, we're not. We won't record without you. Only only Sequoia! Fucker. <laughs> I'm integral to this show. Everyone's integral to this show. I've only missed the one episode. Civil War. War. It's a good one to miss. So let's talk about a comic book that we read, a short one, a favorite one to everyone except for me because I hadn't read it, which makes sense because you guys know more about everything than me, apparently. Just Star Wars. (laughs) And comics. I I don't know. So we read... We read The Amazing Screw-On-Head by Mike Mignolia. Mike Mignola. Mignola. Mike Mignola. You don't say the G. Mike Mignola. There you go. Like a filet mignon. Oh. Filet Mignola. There you go. Mignola. (laughs) Filet Mignola. His first name is actually Mickey. Mickey Mignola? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mickey Mignola. It's so good to see you. That's like if Fozzie was a dock worker or something. <laughs> That's what I was going in for. New York. You know, it's funny. It's like I was thinking, how am I going to pull this accent out of my ass? <laughs> These are my main inspirations, and you called it, which means that I'm a good voice actor. Sweet, there you go. So tell Michael, us. A- his name would be Steve Fazanucci. <laughs> Steve Fazanucci. Oh my god, it's really good, right? That's great. Thank you. Uh, the Amazing Screw on Head by Mike Mignola. Um, was a short read and it was real fun. Before we dive into it, can you give us the the two cents, the summary? Yeah. So he got this idea. It, it was something he wanted to see as a toy, like as an action figure. Uh, this head that screws into different kinds of bodies. But um, so I, I don't remember the history of, of how he went about writing this comic. Anyway, it's a one issue story. It does have kind of a cliffhanger ending, but there's he hasn't written anything else about Amazing Screw on Head, as far as I know. Um, so it's set uh, sometime it, during. It'd have to be during the Civil War uh, because Abraham Lincoln is the president, and he tasks Screw on Head, who is an agent of the uh, U.S. government with stopping this guy called Emperor Zombie who's got some nefarious plan to steal an ancient relic like everything in the Mignolaverse. Uh, so Screw on Head, who is a small metal head that screws into various bodies, he goes to stop uh, Emperor Zombie, or is it Baron Zombie? I can't, it's Emperor Zombie. It's Emperor yeah, Zombie. yeah. He goes to stop him. Uh, ends up fighting an ancient creature and saves the day. And it's a really funny, snappy read. Lots of good jokes and awesome Mike Mignola art. 
Yeah, so for me, three three prongs of awesomeness. The humor. Three prongs of awesomeness. That's one of the 12 days of Christmas, right? You get three. For the three prongs of awesomeness my podcast leader gave to me. I'm your leader? Well, you're, you're the guy who leads. I, I think of the, you as being the captain of this ship. Uh, it's it's because the theme of this show is that I don't know anything, and I. Yeah. I think it's also because it was your idea. It's mm-hmm. in your house using your equipment, and you edit and release all the podcasts. I think that's probably why. Yeah, I write the show, and we nice. just oh, Dave writes. Show I'm nice. slowly trying to get you guys to do stuff for me. You just won't. Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> we can talk about that afterwards. This is getting awkward. Okay. Um, uh, so that's what Amazing Crown Head is, and here are your three prongs of awesomeness. Yes. Three prongs of is the art, uh, the humor, and the story wraps up in like 20 pages or something. And it, and it gives you a digestible read and you walk away and you think, hey, that was a really like that was a really easy one comic read. And I got something out of it. But I think that the art alone would pull someone to this. His... He's so dark. Like he can he can draw a dark panel and it's still not sometimes you read like like Aliens comics for instance. You read like pretty much any Aliens comic on Dark Horse. It's, you know, dark and kind of it blends in horsey. And yeah, it's just like dark blues and blacks and grays and it's like really hard to kind of really figure out what's happening. And I'm I'm speaking broadly here, but a lot of the stuff not not with him at all. Like he is he, he is so sh- sharp. Like his edges are sharp and you can tell what's going on, but it's you're still in a cave underground or like in a tomb or something like that. Really enjoy it. Great use of, of contrast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the way he draws skulls. Yeah. So cool, right? <laughs> I've always liked that. And uh and beasts, like beast people. Yeah. He's a really good uh, illustrator of beast people. Yeah. Beast he, folk. Here's a line that I really like from uh from it. All really intelligent people should be cremated for the sake of national security. Like that's that's a neat kind of humor where you could read over it if you weren't really paying attention, but it's zippy. It's quippy and I enjoyed it. Zippy and quippy. It, the whole the whole thing is quippy. Yeah. Like when Emperor Zombie is asking Batwoman or what is she? Uh you know, I think she is given a name in the cartoon version of this story, but I'm not sure she is in the comic. She's basically like a female Dracula. Yeah, she's a vampire. Yeah, she's a vampire, and he and um, he asks her to marry him, and then before she can say anything back, Screw and Head busts in, and Emperor Zombie goes, "Curse your timing!" Right. I like the like comic bookness of this. The I just. Feel like everyone's speaking like Cagney or something. Yeah. Or like, curse you, screw on head. Yeah, there's that kind of 20s radio drama um, mm-hmm. feel to it. Yeah, enjoyed that. What are uh, what are the high points for you guys? Uh, well, I mean, you've kind of covered it. You know, there's only so much you can cover about a 20-page story, but uh, the sense of humor of this story the and the dialogue and the style in which it is written is great to me. Um, and I also, because I've watched the cartoon version a few times and I definitely recommend it, it's got some great voice actors. What, uh, did that come out like on a cartoon channel? Or was I it, actually like, have no idea. It's on YouTube. Okay. Um, and that's how I found it. 
but uh, the 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 issue came out in 2002, I think, and uh, I don't know when the cartoon was made, but it's only it's maybe 20 minutes long, might be shorter than that. But David Hyde Pierce does the voice of Emperor Zombie, so that's how I always hear that character. I can't well, remember. We all know your love of Fraser. Oh, uh, let me tell you. Can you do a uh, imitation of that guy? of David Hyde Pierce? Yeah, no, he's he's too normal to do an impression of. It's not like. He doesn't have like a Christopher Walken kind of voice where it's really distinct, but Christopher Wakens, Christopher Watkins, Watkins. Christopher, Christopher Watkins. Watkins. Um, oh yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, also, the giant creature's voice is great. Um, so it's probably really high, isn't it? No, it's just it sounds like a fish talking to you. Uh, it's sort of like it sounds like Akbar. That's how I remembered at least. Akbar is the fish character from Return of the Jedi who says it's a trap. Oh, got okay, it. Yeah. Oh, General Akbar. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yes. I got that. Admiral Akbar. Admiral Akbar. A- Admiral, Admiral yeah. Akbar. I remember seeing all the memes about it. Yeah. Which reminds me, I have a theory about why the Mon Calamari are the admirals on so many of the Rebel starships. My, is this a salt and pepper joke? No. All right. Uh, my assumption is that because they are clearly evolved from aquatic life, most of their lives are spent underwater in what we could call a three-dimensional existence, like they have a, an X and Y and a Z axis. Right. So their warfare has always been in a sort of space environment. So they're probably really good at naturally seeing the battlefield Ooh. on three axes, as opposed to humans who, you know, we've always fought, I mean, up until we had uh, underwater ships and, and, and flight all of our battles were fought on a two-dimensional plane, plane. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think the Mon Calamari are probably really good at... That's pretty deep. Have you put this on a forum? You'd get a lot of updates. No, that's what, that's what I talked about for like two hours the last time I was high, which was probably ten years ago. So If you discover shit like that when you're high, why have you not smoked weed again? Because I get really anxious. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. He first thinks about how the Mon Calamari are such amazing tacticians, and then he is afraid they're coming to get him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> They've sent home one after him. I always just considered that it was probably because they needed to stay within the confines. If they were outside the water, uh, something that had a regulated climate. So it would be harder for them to become like rank-and-file soldiers. Easier for them to stay within the confines of something where they could simulate the humidity and things. Also could be true. Yeah. But anyway, um, Amazing Scroll on Head. Yeah. Amazing Scroll on Head having nothing to do with that. Uh, I just think it's a really funny, uh, silly story that is very much in the vein of what I like. Uh, it has a lot of macabre kind of mm-hmm. styling to it, but it is not a self-serious story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I love so let's uh, let's do this then because I I think there isn't too much to say about it because it's short. I will say one thing. Yeah, I, I will give my two cents on it really quickly. I just love how many places it goes in twenty pages. A lot of stuff happening in 20, 20 short pages. Humor is great. Everything else I like. Everything else you guys said. As a huge Mignola fan in general, um, it's it's him. It's like perfect Mike Mignola. It really is. Anytime I think about the Mignola verse stuff, I get kind of frustrated because when I first got into comics, when I was a teenager, Hellboy was my favorite. And I read like however many volumes of the main Hellboy story there were at the time. I read pretty far into it. But then, you know, I I had a long period, maybe 10 years of not really reading any comics regularly. Uh, And I know that Hellboy is, is, 
in its last couple arcs, I guess. And I really want to catch up because I hear, uh, like the other comics podcasts I listen to, I hear them allude to it sometimes and how interesting it is right now. But it's there's so much material to catch up with. And those Hellboy trades are expensive. They're like 20 bucks each. The Dark Horse, man. Dark Horse, you know. Yeah. Gonna get you. <laughs> Dark Horse gonna get you. Hashtag. So, yeah, I haven't, you know, like investing in catching up with that story would be a lot of money. And there's also all of the different spinoff stories. They're all great. Yeah. BPRD, Ape Sapien. Yeah. All that stuff is just fantastic, but I'm so far behind in it and I I would like to catch up with it, but I don't know. It's a, it's a daunting thing to jump back into, I guess. Give us a, uh, Mike Mignola unlimited. Oh shit! I'd be uh, Mignolaverse Unlimited. I would probably pay for just that at least for a few months. Yeah. So let's do this real quick. Uh, who would you recommend this to, and what's your grade? Uh, well, obviously, anyone who likes Hellboy or any other Mike Mignola stories is probably going to like this. Uh, anyone who likes cartoony humor, um, I can't think of any other off the top of my head any other writers who have a similar tone. But uh, it does have a vibe somewhat similar to some Cartoon Network shows. Uh, so if that's your thing, you'd probably like it. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I'd re- recommend it to. Uh, so for me, it's an A. I mean, this has always been one of my favorite one-shot stories since it came out. I would recommend this to... What is that... Uh old writer who wrote about like Cthulhu HP Lovecraft HP Lovecraft anyone who likes any anything from that world Whew. Lovecraftian Lovecraftian that's super dark this shit's heady man yeah yeah but you know like uh, it, this is like making fun of that yeah but this is to me it's the same kind of like it's like a humorous take on all of that stuff and yeah. I think that someone would, would probably enjoy that as well uh, you and, could see Cthulhu showing up in the Hellboy universe yeah, totally. He just he wouldn't be the same Cthulhu, but right. he he'd be around. He'd be cuter. He'd be way more relatable. He'd be like the way Galactus is in Squirrel Girl. Mm-hmm. Relatable. Yeah. I think this is a B plus book. Easily B plus book. Enjoyed it. Um I want to read the rest of the one shots, and you can get it on Comixology. There's the uh screw on head um, and other stories. And other mystery stories. Other mysteries, yes, I think. Yeah, the rest of which are also pretty amusing. So if you like Scrawnhead, you probably like the rest of it. I think it's worth the $10. Uh, A for me. Uh, love this. Uh, read it uh, around the time it came out because I would have been working at the comic store back then and had just gotten into to Hellboy uh, around that time and was tearing through all the stuff that was currently available at that point. But uh, yeah, really, really enjoy going back and reading this again. Again, I just I would probably recommend this to if you have a sense of humor, um, <laughs> if you like books that are somewhat self. I mean, some people don't like you. You know, people who don't have a sense of humor. They're I hope not, they're not listening to this. They're not. They're, yeah, <laughs> they're they, definitely not listening yeah, to this. They gave up because like, there are no oh, facts. It's right. just like us being idiots. It's just conjecture. Um, <laughs> If you've got a sense of humor, you know someone that's, that's got a pretty decent sense of humor, or you like they like their stories somewhat maybe self-aware, um, understanding that, hey, this kind of knows what it is, and that's fine. Totally recommend it. Um, but you could see somebody maybe not even really being that into comic books, but liking good stories, enjoying this. Agreed. So go cop it. 
It's a approved from the four corners of the square that is the comic trope. Is that cool? Should I keep doing that? No? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I probably won't. There are only three corners right now. Yeah. We're kind of a triangle. (laughs) So, as we have learned, I don't know much about Star Wars, but I do know that there has been... There have been. There has been? There have been. There has, bro. There... There has, bro? There... Are has a lot of good Star Wars comics. Oh yeah, and I am a Marvel. Well, lately, I am a Marvel Universe guy, so I will now. Since they've been coming out for the past year and three months, I'll probably now go back and and try to consume those without paying for them. Um, but you guys have read a few of them. What two comic books or? two series would you recommend picking up or giving a go? I will say, so there are the two longest running in the Marvel Star Wars line are Star Wars and Darth Vader. Uh, Darth Vader is fantastic. I mean, they're both great. It's ending, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, I think it either did end. Yeah. Okay. And they picked it up with one of the sort of side characters has her own story, but, um, Uh, Darth Vader's fantastic. I can't remember who the writer is, though, so you might want to look it up. Is that Rucka? Or is he writing the the, the main Jason one? Aaron is writing the main, okay. or was, at least the last one I've read. Because I'm, I'm a few, I'm, I'm like up to issue 17, and I think they're... They're in the 20s. Yeah. I'm through 12, I think, just the first two trades is what I've read so far, which I really enjoy. I read Poe. I haven't started that Poe one. Poe Dameron was good. Um, is that an ongoing series? No, I think it was a mini series. Okay. So Darth Vader is Gillen and Fumara. Okay. Fum- I think it's different. It's definitely Gillian. Gillian? Gillen. Gillen? Oh, Kieran Gillen? Kieran Gillen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but that's how I always say And there are a few different artists. But- yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway. The, the Darth Vader story is fantastic because it the, that story starts, uh, I think, shortly after A New Hope. And you get to see Darth Vader, like, after his first big fuck-up. So you see him very vulnerable and the Emperor not at all happy with him. So it's a really interesting take on that character. And they do it so well. They're cool. like, it's awesome to see, like, this is... Classic Darth Vader, this isn't Anakin. It's Vader with something to prove. And I guess if you sort of remove the Anakin aftertaste... Uh, Ooh, Anakin <laughs> aftertaste needs to be like a... Something cologne. Needs to be something terrible. Um, it's Anyway, it's just an awesome take on Darth Vader. Uh, and then, other than those two, there are a bunch of different miniseries... Um, titles of four to six issues mm. uh shattered empire is a really good one which is about it's the journey to force Awakens. yeah it's about post parents in the rebellion post um i spoiled it actually i'm sorry about that you don't know they're post parents yeah, until the end we back that up i don't even know what that means right now so it's, okay. it's cool um another one is shattered empire which uh is about some rebel forces after the sort of final defeat of the empire, at least return of the Jedi. Um, uh, the Chewbacca one is fantastic. I love the art in that. C3PO is good. Yeah. I haven't read that one. C3PO is pretty good. Um, but 
the Chewbacca one is great, you know, because he you don't really know what he's saying the entire time. Uh, Princess Leia. Princess Leia's got great art. But it does. I wasn't I'm not, wild I'm about not, the story. Yeah, I'm not wild about the the story there. It's it's her trying to prove. Um, she gets a lot of flack, I guess, after the destruction of Alderaan, uh, her home planet in A New Hope, essentially at the hands of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in the original Death Star. And everybody's like, "What a what a bitch! What a cold-hearted <laughs> snake!" You know, she lost her entire you know family and people and everything, and she's just doing what she does because she's royalty. And so she thinks she has something to prove and sets out to show that she's as much a part of the rebellion as anybody. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, I just I don't know. I wasn't I, that that one just isn't my favorite. But all of these miniseries show you an angle on these characters that everyone you know who's into Star Wars knows. That is a very new and fresh angle. Oh, the Lando. Calrissian one yeah. is also fantastic because yeah. Alex Maleev. So it sounds does like the most art. of them. Alex Maleev is awesome. Yeah, he's so. one of my favorite artists, and he did. And that one is so cool because it tells a lot more about Lobot, yeah. who you only see in Empire Strikes Back in random scenes. He's that bald guy with the thing around his head on Cloud City. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there's a lot of awesome Marvel Star Wars stuff, and it's all very digestible. Are there any? Classic comics from the from Dark, Dark Horse. Horse that are worth... I would recommend The Star Wars. It is the original script before it was revised several times over by George Lucas and his his colleagues. What about Luke Starkiller? Yeah. yeah, I was just about to say, I knew that. Damn it, you took the only piece of information that <laughs> Sorry. I knew. It's, uh, it's eight issues, and it's all based... It's So it's based on the original script and the characters, but it's also based on the original, original Macquarie art. And so even though it's not Macquarie doing the art, it's gorgeous because it's all based on his original designs. Um, It's a little goofy, and I'm so glad that that wasn't the Star Wars that we got because it's a little bit different um, in scope. But it's a ton of fun, uh, and I I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, Star Wars Tales. If you're on a single book, there's there's a Star Wars Tales, which was a collection of... Like one-off stories here and there that are that are pretty good, um, but there's a few of them that are just like outright classics. There's one where you get to meet, um, and some of them are humorous, some of them are serious, some of them are not to be taken within the context of the greater universe. Uh, but there's one that is well, none of them are now, right? Yeah, correct. unfortunately, they're all they've all been excised like a cancer. Um, they there's one though, however, that uh, is about Jar Jar Binks's parents. And how he was growing up, and what a colossal fuck up he was even as a child. <laughs> um, and his, it's the I think story. I might have read that. It's the story of George R. Banks, who is his father, a That's ship so captain weird. that uh, is like a like a merchant marine of sorts <laughs> on Naboo, um, who hates his son so much that he attempts to kill himself at some at one point throughout the story. <laughs> oh wow! And, but Jar Jar fucks <laughs> that up Jar-Jar. for him too. Uh, there's one where uh, Han and Chewie. Go to this planet to, uh, you know, during their smuggling days to to find something. And uh, while they're there, they're uncovering these old ruins, and they uncover the skeleton of Indiana Jones, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, there's just stuff like that. It might have been Lando and, and Chewie, maybe not Han and Chewie. Either way, Star Wars Tales is is great because it's a bunch of little snapshots of things. That sounds like something I could do. That sounds fun. Yeah, Star Wars Tales is fun. Um. And it sounds similar to a new kids graphic novel that's coming out um, by the guys who did, well, they do a lot, but it's Ben Ackman and Ben Blackman. 
They have a uh, they have a really popular podcast, but they also did a comic book I really liked, um, Gambit versus Deadpool. Uh, I thought it was really funny, and they're doing like a a youth adult like I don't know eighteen and under. I don't even know what it's. It's marketed to like young adults. Yeah, and it's, adolescence. Yeah, adolescence. It's like a story of kids growing up in the Star Wars universe at different times. Oh, cool. Um. And it's supposed to be like a humor take on the on the current um, on the current or historic parts of the Star Wars world. So I think that sounds really neat as well. Kind of more up my alley, I think. Um, yeah. So those are Star Wars books. Yay! Yay. Go buy Marvel Unlimited and read all of them. That's the way to do it, I think. Because they're you, like five ninety nine a piece if you're trying to buy. Yeah, them. they're four ninety nine a piece. They're five bucks an issue. It's um, a lot. And the trades are twenty bucks. Oh, really? I didn't know that. They're the twenty or thirty bucks for six issues. It's they gonna get that. Hey, listen. Yeah. They gonna get you. Yeah. Marvel gonna get you. Unless you use limited, unlimited. Disney gonna get you. Right. Disney's been. I feel like Disney's been getting me my whole life. I feel like Disney's been getting me my whole life. <laughs> Sitting in my prison cell. You know, sometimes it just feels like Disney been getting me my whole life. When I close my eyes, I see Mickey. When I open my eyes, I see nothing. I see prison. Prison. <laughs> All right. Hey, that was another successful uh, podcast, I think. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We had a great time. Is that a Mickey Now voice? you're going to get shanked. <laughs> Watch your bubble. Pull off my ears! Pull off my ears! Um, I don't know the mashed that. potatoes are not good. <laughs> don't eat the mashed potatoes. Don't. Uh, Goofy. Goofy is a dog. Yeah. Oh, was that? We who? talked about this. We I did. Say, that was yeah. you. I couldn't remember if that was you or. Yeah, you said Goofy is a dog. Yeah, he's clearly a dog. And then you told me that Pluto is a mentally handicapped dog. I don't know if I said that. Is that I what think you Sequoia said? Might have said that. One of us might have said that. Oh man! This but yeah, nice it is weird. I do remember bringing up the weird inconsistency of how all of these anthropomorphic talking animals, except Pluto, who is basically like a, a real dog. He does seem smarter than Goofy, he just can't talk. <laughs> I guess that's true. Because Goofy is yeah. pretty dumb. Goofy. <laughs> yeah, oh, des- gosh. Despite yeah. that he puts on clothes and can speak English. And drive a car. He drives a car. You think that Pluto just shakes his head and he's like, to Goofy, he just says, shut the fuck up. Like, stop talking. You're making us look bad. Yeah, can 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 Goofy understand Pluto? Hmm. I don't know. That's a question for a cryogenic head that I've never met. Cryogenically frozen head. Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah, I got it. It's got spider legs. All right, well, until next time, read a fucking comic.